long history. Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana. Point 17. The Great Rage and Increase of Orinoco. Hello and welcome to Long History. For any new listeners, welcome. This is the place where we like to take source documents from history and split them up into chunks of about 10 minutes or so. This is the place to hear source documents from history in all their original detail. And the document we're covering here is by Sir Walter Raleigh and it's about his search for the legendary El Dorado. Welcome to any long-time listeners as well. We've now reached episode 17 of an 18-part series. Now these episodes are all standalone, so it doesn't matter, but if you want, you can go back and listen to the other episodes. But don't forget to subscribe to be informed of the release of the remaining part of this document. There's only one more episode to go after this one. And we've built up quite a bank of historic documents now about journeys from famous people from history such as Columbus, Francis Drake and Magellan. But let's get down to this episode. And by the end of the previous episode, although Raleigh hadn't explicitly stated it, he'd clearly gone as far as he was going to go in this voyage. He gave good reasons for turning back, stating that it was best to leave the locals on good terms to set the scene for an English return to the area. Now in this, the penultimate part of Raleigh's journey, he heads back down the Orinoco River and its tributaries. He's still exploring, but he's now heading back to Trinidad. As this episode begins, presumably for future travellers, Raleigh names the places he has heard of and seen, along with their location. So here is Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 17, The Great Rage and Increase of Orinoco. We therefore thought it bootless to row so far down the stream, or to seek any farther of this old fox. And therefore, from the river of Waricapana, which lieth at the entrance of Emeria, we returned again, and left to the eastward those four rivers which fall from the mountains of Emeria into Orinoque, which are Waracayari, Koirama, Akaniri, and Diparoma. Below those four are also these branches and mouths of Orinoque, which fall into the East Sea, whereof the first is Araturi, the next Amakura, the third Barima, the fourth Wana, the fifth Moruka, the sixth Paroma, the last Wimi. Beyond them there fall out of the land between Orinoque and Amazons fourteen rivers, which I forbear to name, inhabited by the Arawakas and cannibals. It is now time to return towards the north, and we found it a wearisome way back from the borders of Emeria to recover up again to the head of the river Carerupana by which we descended, and where we parted from the galley, which I directed to take the next way to the port of Toparimaca, by which we entered first. All the night it was stormy and dark, and full of thunder and great showers, so as we were driven to keep close by the banks in our small boats, being all heartily afraid, both of the billow and terrible current of the river. By the next morning we recovered the mouth of the river of Kumaka, where we left Captain Enos and Edward Porter to attend the coming of Captain Kemis overland. But when we entered the same, they had heard no news of his arrival, which bred in us a great doubt what might become of him. I rode up a league or two farther into the river, shooting off pieces all the way, that he might know of our being there. And the next morning we heard them answer us also with a piece. We took them aboard us, and took our leave of Putichma, their guide, who, of all others, most lamented our departure, 
and offered to send his son with us into England, if we could have stayed till he had sent back to his town. But our hearts were cold to behold the great rage and increase of Orinoque, and therefore departed, and turned towards the west, till we had recovered the parting of the three branches aforesaid, that we might put down the stream after the galley. The next day we landed on the island of Asapano, which divideth the river from that branch by which we sent down to Emeria, and there feasted ourselves with that beast which is called Armadillo, presented unto us before at Winnicapora. And the day following we recovered the galley at anchor at the port of Tabarimaca, and the same evening departed with very foul weather and terrible thunder and showers, for winter was come on very far. The best was we went no less than one hundred miles a day down the river, but by the way we entered it was impossible to return, for that the river of Amana, being in the bottom of the Bay of Guanipa, cannot be sailed back by any means, but the breeze and current of the sea were so forcible. And therefore we followed a branch of Orinoque, called Capuri, which entered into the sea eastward of our ships, to the end we might bear with them before the wind. And it was not without need, for we had by that way as much to cross of the main sea after we came to the river's mouth as between Gravelin and Dover, in such boats as your honour hath heard. On the hithermost part of Orinoque, as at Toparimaca and Winnicapora, those are of a nation called Nepoyos, and are the followers of Carapana, lord of Emeria. Between Winnicapora and the port of Morequito, which standeth in Aromaya, and all those in the valley of Amaricopana, are called Orinoqueponi, and did obey Morequito, and are now followers of Topiawari. Upon the river of Carole are the Canuri, which are governed by a woman who is inheritrix of that province who came far off to see our nation, and asked me diverse questions of Her Majesty, being much delighted with the discourse of Her Majesty's greatness, and wondering at such report as we truly made of Her Highness many virtues. And upon the head of Caroli, and on the lake of Casipa, are the three strong nations of the Casipagotos. Right south into the land are the Capurepani and Emparapani, and beyond those, adjoining to Makuraguarai, the first city of Inga, or the Iwarawakeri. All these are professed enemies to the Spaniards, and to the rich Epureme also. To the west of Caroli are diverse nations of cannibals, and those of Ewaipanoma, without heads. Directly west are the Amapayas and Anebas, which are also marvellous rich in gold. The rest, towards Peru, we will omit. On the north of Orinoque, between it and the West Indies, are the Wikiri, Saimi, and the rest before spoken of, all mortal enemies to the Spaniards. On the south side of the main mouth of Orinoque are the Arawakas, and beyond them the Cannibals, and to the south of them the Amazons. To speak of what passed homeward were tedious, either to describe or name any of the rivers, islands or villages of Tivitivas which dwell on trees. We will leave all those to the general map. And to be short, when we arrived at the seaside, then grew our greatest doubt, and the bitterest of all our journey forepassed. For I protest before God that we were in a most desperate state. 
for the same night which we anchored in the mouth of the river of Kapuri, where it falleth into the sea, there arose a mighty storm, and the river's mouth was at least a league broad. So as we ran before night close under the land with our small boats, and brought the galley as near as we could, but she had as much ado to live as could be, and there wanted little of her sinking and all those in her. For my own part, I confess I was very doubtful which way to take, either to go over in the pestered galley, there being but six foot water over the sands for two leagues together, and that also in the channel, and she drew five, or to adventure in so great a billow and in so doubtful weather, to cross the seas in my barge. The longer we tarried, the worse it was, and therefore I took Captain Gifford, Captain Caulfield and my cousin Greenville into my barge. And after it cleared up about midnight, we put ourselves to God's keeping, and thrust out into the sea, leaving the galley at anchor, who durst not adventure but by daylight. And so, being all very sober and melancholy, one faintly cheering another to show courage, it pleased God that the next day about nine o'clock we decried the island of Trinidad, and steering for the nearest part of it, we kept the shore till we came to Curiapan, where we found our ships at anchor, than which there was never to us a more joyful sight. Now that it hath pleased God to send us safe to our ships, it is time to leave Guyana to the sun, whom they worship, and steer away towards the north. I will, therefore, in a few words finish the discovery thereof. Of the several nations which we found upon this discovery, I will once again make repetition, and how they are affected. At our first entrance into Amana, which is one of the outlets of Orinoque, we left on the right hand of us in the bottom of the bay, lying directly against Trinidad, a nation of inhuman cannibals, which inhabit the rivers of Guanipa and Berbese. In the same bay, there is also a third river, which is called Areo, which riseth on Paria side towards Cumana, and that river is inhabited with the Wikiri, whose chief town upon the said river is Saima. In this bay there are no more rivers, but these three before rehearsed, and the four branches of Amana, all which in the winter thrust so great abundance of water into the sea, as the same is taken up fresh two or three leagues from the land. In the passages towards Guyana, that is, in all those lands which the eight branches of Orinoque fashion into islands, there are but one sort of people, called Tivitivas, but of two castes as they term them, the one called Tiawani, the other Warawiti, and those war with one another. To make mention of the several beasts, birds, fishes, fruits, flowers, gums, sweet woods, and of their several religions and customs, would for the first require as many volumes as those of Gesneras, and for the next another bundle of decades. The religion of the Epureme is the same which the Ingas, emperors of Peru, used, which may be read in Ciesa and other Spanish stories. How they believe the immortality of the soul, worship the sun, and bury them alive, their best beloved wives and treasure, as they likewise do in Pegu in the East Indies and other places. The Orinoqueponi bury not their wives with them, but their jewels, hoping to enjoy them again. The Arawakas dry the bones of their lords, and their wives and friends drink them in powder. 
In the graves of the Peruvians, the Spaniards found the greatest abundance of treasure. The like, also, is to be found among these people in every province. They have all many wives, and the lords fivefold to the common sort. Their wives never eat with their husbands, nor among the men, but serve their husbands at meals and afterwards feed by themselves. Those that are past their younger years make all their bread and drink, and work their cotton beds, and do all else of service and labour. For the men do nothing but hunt, fish, play and drink, when they are out of the wars. I will enter no further into discourse of their manners, laws and customs. And because I have not myself seen the cities of Inga, I cannot avow on my credit what I have heard, although it be very likely that the Emperor Inga hath built and erected as magnificent palaces in Guyana, as his ancestors did in Peru, which were, for their riches and rareness, most marvellous, and exceeding all in Europe, and I think of the world, China excepted, which also the Spaniards, which I had, assured me to be true, as also the nations of the borderers, who, being but savages to those of the inland, do cause much treasure to be buried with them. For I was informed of one of the caciques of the valley of Amariocapana, which had buried with him, a little before our arrival, a chair of gold most curiously wrought, which was made either in Macureguaray adjoining, or in Manoa. But, if we should have grieved them in their religion at the first, before they had been taught better, and have digged up their graves, we had lost them all. And therefore I held my first resolution, that Her Majesty should either accept or refuse the enterprise, ere anything should be done that might in any sort hinder the same. And if Peru had so many heaps of gold, whereof those Ingas were princes, and that they delighted so much therein, no doubt but this which now liveth and reigneth in Manoa hath the same humour, and, I am assured, hath more abundance of gold within his territory than all Peru and the West Indies. This penultimate episode ends with a promise. He has finished his journey and is coming to the end of this story and his only conclusion that there is endless gold in the area, possibly even more than the Spanish found in Peru. However, as we've seen even in this episode itself, Raleigh's giving us long lists of names and people, presumably for future explorers. It's a strange story full of claims based on rumours, hopes and claims of mines and cities heard of, but if they are seen, they're only seen from a distance. So there's only one more episode to go in Rally's The Discovery of Guyana, and in the final episode, he wraps things up, doubling down on his claims that there is an amazing quantity of gold in the area. Would you be tempted by his claims, or do you think they're just a little bit too exaggerated? I hope you've enjoyed the latest episode of Long History. Don't forget to like and please do subscribe. This was Sir Walter Raleigh's The Discovery of Guyana, Part 17, The Great Rage and Increase of Orinoco. Goodbye everyone.